Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. And with us this morning, he actually canceled his brunch plans with Taylor Swift to be here today. It's Todd Zola. Todd, how are you this morning? Well, if you're Joey P., I'm T Ziddy. Oh, yeah, baby. T Z in the house. T Ziddle. I think you're T Ziddle. I think that well, should be your rap name. Maybe, maybe. Well, it was T Ziddy, but uh, I, can ch- I can go T Ziddle. That's fine. Well, T Ziddy sounds a little, I don't know. How about Lil Z? How about Lil Z? Lil Z? Oh, Lil Z's good too. <laughs> you could be my hype man. I always yeah. was looking for the proper, you know, the, the right flavor flav to my Chuck D. And I never <laughs> thought it was going to be you, but it, it's you. It's uh, Lil Z. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. That, that's definitely going in the, uh, in the description of this podcast. I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh, good times. And so we begin. It is a Tuesday slate here in DFS. Uh, let's get over and look at these cash game arms. You got Jacob DeGrom, top of the board, 10600 Bumgarner for $300 less. Then you got Verlander somehow up there, Alex Wood and Salazar. So let's take these $9,000 boys and above. DeGrom doing with the triceps. Personally, I, I know he had the side session. He says he's good to go. I don't want to put cash games on DeGrom because, God forbid, there's an injury and it becomes a shortened game for him. And he goes out there for two or three innings and then decides, you know what, <clears throat> this is not feeling as well as I thought it was in the side session. I wouldn't put my money there. To me, it's Madison Bumgarner tonight, and it's an easy no-brainer. What are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is, I mean, if the Mets say DeGrom's okay, he's okay, right? Oh, right, because they are, you know, it, I feel like their medical staff is run by House MD. Like, he just, they just get everything wrong three or four times before they get it right. <laughs> You know, and they're always on the brink of death before they figure out the solution. Yeah, well, I, actually, I'm, I'm with you on DeGrom. I don't know if it's an, I don't think it's a no-brainer at all for Bumgarner. I think, uh, I think Alex Wood is very, very much in the picture. Uh, all right. The White Sox. It's only so, $700 difference, though. You, you think that's... I have Wood as the top pitcher on the board, you know, projected points regardless of, of uh, cash or GPP. And I know on paper the White Sox hit lefties pretty well. But that was earlier in the year, and yes. any lefty split is, is tenuous anyway because it's a small sample. No Frazier, no Cabrera, no DH, uh, no good. Uh, All right, fair enough. White Sox just aren't, you know, I mean, he's a GPP option for sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure why he's priced down so much. Maybe, you know, obviously, you know, they, they may know something I don't know. But uh, to me, it's because it's, it, the other thing, uh, there's not a whole lot of strikeout in the, in the Miami lineup. So I know we're talking cash games. Right, 
Bumgarner, but still, there's not a whole ton of strikeouts. It's in Miami, which is okay. And, uh, I mean, there's this guy called Stanton that I'm nervous about anybody right now. Yeah, well, look, not only that, I think that's part of it, but also when you look at Wood, too, the strikeout rate over the last six oh, starts true. or so hasn't been as good, or five, really, because he did have ten about a month ago over in Arizona. But, you know, when you're looking at him right now and, and you think you see the four strikeouts, four, five, two, you know, it's not been quite as high as it was in that first half. Maybe it's a little bit of fatigue setting in at this point in the season. But I'll tell you what, for $100 less, you want to go the opposite of the spectrum. You want to talk about Danny Salazar, who's a guy that struck out eight or more in his last few starts, including 12 against the Yankees a week and change ago. And this is a guy that looks like, a totally different pitcher. This was the dominant Danny Salazar that we were waiting for and been hoping for and drafting in season-long leagues, and he was a disappointment, and now it's basically a complete 180 here since he's come back. I mean, he's looked terrific, and to me, if you're going to fade Bumgarner, I actually feel better about Salazar because of these strikeout numbers than I do about Wood. I guess for catch games, I still feel better about Wood. The other thing with Wood, and, and maybe I'm talking myself out of it, but um, you mentioned the strikeouts are down, which is true. I'm not as worried about that. But there's no reason to press him to go six and seven innings with that bullpen and, and you know, with a, with, 100, with 100 games. I think they've clinched first for next year, the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> well, it's so, well, you know, and, so and look, you know, good for the Dodgers. He's, and, you know, let me put this out there, too. He's got Miguel Gonzalez on the other side. Uh, Salazar has Cologne in that game against Minnesota. So does that enter into your spirit all nah, too no not really um uh, cologne uh he's just you know he's just maddening as far as you know <laughs> it's this 43 year old guy throwing underhanded striking people out it's just kind of funny no but it, it, it doesn't doesn't not in this instance i don't think so but i do like salazar a lot for uh for gpp Yes, I would agree with you there. So let's transition right there on that conversation. Salazar, definitely my favorite GPP pitcher. He's going to be chalky tonight, but that's quite all right. Uh, I think the other chalky play, if you can somehow fit it in, or excuse me, not chalky play, but the other maybe underrated and unthought of play, it's not something you would usually do, but because of the injury with DeGrom and because of the upside he carries, that would be another one that I would stop and consider because I think people will be off of him tonight because good logic tells you stay away from him because of this injury that he's dealing with. Ownership would be very suppressed. Yes, he's super expensive. Yes, it might be a, a tricky play, but I think we can find some offense to build around him where it might be a thought at least because of the risk he brings. Ownership would be low. Upside ceiling of DeGrom, we know it's sky high. We know it's a 50-point kind of upside that he brings. What are your thoughts on DeGrom potentially as a GPP play tonight? And it's, if, you're if you're in one of those huge GPPs, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually, there's a couple, there's a couple of big ones out. There's a, there's, I mean, I don't think either you and I are going to be, there's a, a, a million-dollar guy out there tonight for FanDuel. It's top prize, I think, 250000 I don't know. Are you going to throw a team in that one? Uh, we'll see how my like mood 11, goes. Depends on my mood at the end of this podcast. I know there are other podcasts that are talking about all five of their teams are putting in there. But, um, you know, I will uh, I'll be happy to watch that one vicariously. Well, Gio Gonzalez at 8,900 is another one tonight facing Tyler Skaggs. I'll say this about Gio at 89. He has been a more efficient version of Gio Gonzalez than I think we've ever seen before. 
And that's clearly what's led to his success this year. Now, I wish the win total actually would have shown up a little bit more. He's only got 10 wins on the year. You'd think with a 2-5-9 ERA, pitching for that offense, it would have been good. Now, without Harper in the lineup, that's something to, to think about as well. Does that hurt Gio Gonzalez or help him in GPP because of the Harper injury potentially? Well, what hurts him in GPP is he going against the Angels who don't who – don't, do a lot when they make contact. They just don't make a lot of contact. I mean, sorry. Yeah, they, they make a lot of contact. They don't strike out. They just don't do a whole lot with it. Yeah, Geo's weird. I mean, you mentioned the 10 wins. He's unlucky. Well, does he has he really earned a 2.59 ERA? I mean, he's earned a decent ERA, but there's a lot of luck going on there. And anybody waiting for regression this week, playing the Angels, and I think it's Padres or something in the week, regression isn't – well, regression doesn't has no master. It has to do with luck evening out. But if we're waiting for Gio to get blown up in general, probably won't happen this week. No, I, I don't think it will happen this week at all. And and I think there will be some people who are a little afraid to use him because of the Harper injury and say, well, big bad out of that lineup. Uh, you know, what about me? He's been consistent. He's been going deep into games. I think the quality start is a 75% chance, I would say, at, at you know a good range there. He's yeah. been very strong. Uh, you look at the rest of his board, though, when you have Colorado in play tonight, uh, that's something you have to understand. There's going to be some higher salaries. So is there a cost-effective pitcher that you would feel good about going down the board a little bit? I mean, hey, is it Tyler Skaggs on the other end of that game at 6,600 where you want to go heavy offense? Uh, maybe. I, he went six and a third last time, so he, he stretched out, you know, coming off the DL, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I guess that wouldn't be horrible because, like you mentioned, even though even – though, Harper's gone. It's still a fairly decent offense there. They can still do some damage. Uh, I don't. I didn't really see nothing. Really jumped out. Me, you know, lighter. Will lighter be chalk going against San Diego? I guess. I guess anybody's chalk going against San Diego. Well, you can make that argument. I mean, Dinelson Lamette on the other side. That's another guy that's had some strikeout yeah, games. Either of those guys, sure. Yeah, I think I think you'll see a little bit of action on those two. Uh, maybe a little bit more on lighter. I, I think actually, to yeah, tell you the truth, sure. just he's because he's, he's cheaper, and I think it's a it's an easier sell on a night where there's Colorado. I would stay away yeah. from those middle guys. I know Zach Davies has been pretty good as well. Seventy five hundred. That's a guy going against Nova. Pittsburgh, I think, is a little tricky right now. So I don't know if that's necessarily the way I want right. to go. Davies is a guy, and I think multi entry. Maybe you have one lineup with Davies as a pitcher. Maybe you go at lighter with another one if you're trying to go all the way up. So let's talk about that offense, too. Let's start a catcher and see some of these names. you got Tyler Flowers, your boy Tyler Flowers, at the top of the board, 3,400 in Colorado. Is that uh, – let's, let's see. we got him at 34, and then you've got Luke Roy at the other end at 33, all the way bumped up there. Now, tell me, which of these two guys do you think is a better cost – return if you want to go Colorado catcher tonight man I <laughs> I know I, I can't a, believe we're having this conversation no 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 I'm not laughing because of that I, oh I am I, I'm I laughing a, on the inside I, I do a and, and is it definitely flaw I mean is there a chance Suzuki plays it doesn't matter because he's the same price well Suzuki's the same price so let's yeah, say Suzuki slash flowers right so I, it's I, I, I do a points projection and I do a points per dollar and the you know the points per dollar is the value aspect uh, they're basically the same. They're within. They're when you round when you round up, they're the same. So I, they're, to me, they're, they're the same. Now I don't know the I don't know the batting order. I assume that Flowers is hitting higher than Lacroix. If that's the case, and Freeland or Newcomb trying to think about the bullpens, I guess I like Flowers a little bit more based upon uh, uh, what what he's likely to face later out of the bullpen. So I, I will go Flowers. But man, you can you can. 
any of the three of them, you can just flip a coin. And then you got Buster Posey, big names here, 3,100. Gary Sanchez, 3K. Wellington Castillo, 3K. So catcher all of a sudden tonight, a little bit, you know, we've been struggling with catcher lately since my guy Sal Perez went on the DL, my favorite 3K catcher. <laughs> and some of these other guys have been a little overpriced and some weird, you know, ebbs and flows of seasons. Then you got Grandal at 2,800. Uh, that's another guy that I think if I'm going to go this route, I'll, I'll take Grandal. Uh, against Miguel Gonzalez. I think that's my favorite of this grouping of 3K and under. Is there one that sticks out for you? Mike Zanino at 21 versus Wade Miley. There you go. That, the big Z. That is he the big Z if you're a little Z? Yeah, yeah something like that. L- right. Not little, little. Not little. Little. Well, sorry. Little. 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 Yeah. Right. I, um, <laughs> I'm guessing, uh, yeah, Zanino is obviously a GPP at that, well, not just at that price, but just because that's what he does. But um, yeah, I, I you know I, I, the Posies and the Sanchez Castillos, none of those guys really stick up. Maybe Castillo with Andrew Albers, but we don't know a whole lot about Andrew Albers right now. So my favorite my favorite catcher lately has been Kevon Smith, but he's got a, a tougher matchup. So we're not gonna uh, with Alex Wood, so we're not gonna go there. But it, yeah, whenever Smith's got a lefty, he's been way underpriced. He's been fifth for the White Sox, but against Alex Wood, no thanks. All right, speaking of Wood, let's go over to the offensive side of the Dodgers and go over to first base. Cody Bellinger at 44 against Gonzalez. Uh, I mean, the Cody Bellinger onslaught just continues. <laughs> He's putting up points, a fantastic clip. You got him at 44, Freeman at 45, Votto all the way at 47. Uh, you know, of these 4K guys, the other one is Matt Carpenter. If I'm going to pay up on the board, as tempting as Freddie Freeman is in Colorado, I think I'm going to go Cody Bellinger. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Miguel Gonzalez has been sneaky pedestrian at times. But, um, yeah, for sure. And I don't know how many, how many outfielders Votto's going to be facing tonight. Well, and you've got Freddie Freeman, too, you know, going against the – I mean, look, it's Colorado and Freeland and stuff, but it is a lefty-lefty matchup. So it's just something yeah. I want to keep in mind a little bit. But For, for four the, or five innings and the other four or five innings. Four or five innings. innings. A Absolutely. Absolutely, and I've been talking about that on the podcast, doing my due diligence here and discussing that when you know these guys aren't long for the game. Don't let that shut you off. I think it was the Anthony Banda matchup last week with somebody yeah. where I said, how long is that going to last? So, you know, it's, it's a good it's good business to still get in on those certain guys because the ownership will be low because people see that and don't think longer term. Uh, let's talk about Edwin Encarnacion against uh, our guy Bartolo Colon at 36. You got Hosmer at 35 in Oakland against Smith. And then you got Ryan Zimmerman at home against Tyler Skaggs. Uh, of these three mid-range guys, Encarnacion, Hosmer, and Zimmerman, is there one that's more appealing? Yeah, probably Encarnacion. He's, I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball lately. He's been hitting the ball ever since April, I guess. Yeah, Minnesota is not the greatest park, but it's fine. I, 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 I kind of like doubly at that point. Um, yeah, Cologne, for one, you know, the good Cologne didn't give up homers. This this guy's given up some homers, so yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Edwin on this one. All right, not loving the bottom of the board tonight at first base in terms of matchup and in terms of value. So to me, I'm looking at that mid range or I'm paying up, and I think you could do that on tonight slate when you're looking at the pitchers. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, an easier thing to do. Plus, when you get a guy like Zanino, like you mentioned, if you want to play him a catcher, that frees up a lot of cash. And, and Grandal twenty eight is certainly not a breaker either. Uh, let's go over to the third base, the other side. You got Nolan Arenado, who is dealing with a hand issue. Uh, I don't know if we have word yet or if he's going to be in the lineup tonight or not, but uh, that's something I think you might want to shy away from, too. Hand injuries can be tricky. You got Mustakas at 42 against Smith. You got Chris Bryant at 43, and then Justin Turner at 41. 
And it's funny, yeah, I know Miguel Gonzalez can be, you know, have a sneaky good game sometimes, but I'm, I've been playing this Dodger stack for a couple mm-hmm. weeks now, and I'm going to just keep doing it because, well, frankly, like you said, they're, <laughs> they're just rolling. So for me at 41, I'm looking at Turner as the, the best of this high-end group. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you can discount Josh Donaldson against Blake Snell, although he may just walk four times and get like eight points too. Well, which is also that that's <laughs> fine. And and yeah. you want to talk about a guy not getting out of the fifth inning? Blake Snell is your man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, yeah. It's weird with Arenado now. I, I did he pinch hit last night? I think he may have. I thought I saw it come across when I was just just looking at you know. Re, not so much box. But even if he does, I, I, well, I don't know about you, Todd. It, it, for four, if this was on the road and he was, you know, 39 or 4K, but when you go up to 46 and you're the top guy on the board, it's it's tough for me to get there. Well, I understand, but that that, that could be a reason to go with him because people might be shying away. The thing that, 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 that bummed me out last night was, I why wouldn't they have played McMahon last night? Uh, they, they, they used, they used was it Valaker at third? We had a nice lefty-righty matchup, and in cores and uh, I was all psyched to use and, and now the, the problem is the price is cut up and McMahon's now at 3000 which is still cheap if he plays but um, actually it's lefty lefty tonight so we won't be in there why didn't they use him last night I I couldn't tell you man <laughs> uh, gee I wonder why Colorado spins its wheels well I'll tell you one guy who's going to be in a lot of lineups is Raphael Devers coming off a big two home run night last night he's only at 33 still he's going against Mike Leake and the St. Louis Cardinals there yeah. at home uh, Devers certainly right now. It's hard to argue, you know, if you don't want to go up to the Turner board, and I understand that, especially on a night where the other corner, first base looks like a night where you want to pay. Devers at 33 to me, yeah, high ownership, but yeah, a little chalky, but who cares? If it's right, it's right. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, Devers, he, uh, you know, Leak's kind of a finesse type pitcher. Maybe he's a, maybe he could figure Devers out. Who knows? The old veteran throwing the slop up there against uh, against the young rook. Uh, Rendon, the same price, 33 against Tyler Skaggs. He's going to be counted on without Harper to carry a little bit more of that offense. So I wouldn't uh, discount that. I, I mean, Skaggs has looked good, but he's still, he's still kind of rock coming off the DL. I will say this, too. I want to throw this out about Devers because this is uh, when people ask me about what do I do, you know, what should I expect out of him for the call up all the way through. And I said, look, this is the best time of year for him because he's going to be good probably out of the gate because most good minor leaguers come up and are pretty good at first. And the adjustment period well, normally wait, 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 the adjustment period that would normally hit him is going to be a time in September where you're going to get a lot of calls and a lot of quad A pitching. So I think he can not sustain quite the pace he's had the last two days, but I think he can be a useful player as long as the price doesn't get too crazy in DFS all the way through the end of the year. Well, that's an interesting narrative, but I... Uh, yeah, it is an interesting... I, I like I, to tell I, stories I, I, here I, I, on the podcast. I honestly disagree with it. Rookie, <laughs> well, how many rookies struggle when they first come up? I well, mean, a lot of I them, think, but I think that... Well, think, you said most of them do well. I think most of... Well, let me, let me I, rephrase. I think most of the... Sort of thing, and this, I think this, most yeah. of the, the high-end guys, when you bring them up, you, yes, you're going to get... Look, it depends on what age you're coming up to. You know, when you get like Trout coming up at 20 years old, sometimes it, it depends on where you're making this jump. And you're hurting your argument, by the way. Well, I'm hurting my Devers own. Devers is younger than them all. Devers <laughs> is younger than them all. But at the same point, I think that those those times where you get those guys who come in and struggle, right? When you when you have some of these players that have come up in recent years, I think you're getting more of the Schwarbers, more of the uh, even Conforto early on was good in his first little you know sample. There, you're getting a lot of these guys now because the 
the academies, because the colleges, everything is more advanced in terms of teaching. So these guys are spending less time in the minor leagues, which is great because they're getting better instruction early. So there's a better chance that if they are playing well early, that again, this time of year, I think that's maybe the better way for me to phrase this argument with Devers. If you are getting a guy who comes up, is hitting well, he's a high-end prospect, and you're worried about let's say if he came up in June struggling in the mid to late summer, that's a real concern because the league will catch up to him. I don't think the league catches up with him in September is basically what I'm saying because, and you can call it a narrative all you want, but you're, you and I both know the kind of quad a pitching that's going to be out there next month. If you haven't prefaced it with most minor leaguers, you're right. I I think that what I, the caveat was most minor leaguers don't most minor leaguers that come up and hit right away. I think you say, okay, this is a good scene here. When's the bottom going to drop out? I think with Devers, because of the time period, it's you're more likely to get him in a better scenario. Yeah, and I like the he's he's not he's been moved up in the order a little, but he's still not expected to uh, to carry this team, and which is also a plus. Yeah, I think that's a big plus, and he's got some veteran leadership and the whole stuff, the whole things like that. So I, I you know, and and listen, the guy's good enough to. Take Chapman, Oppo, and 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 tie a game. Um, I don't, you know, I I think he'll be able to adjust back when when the adjustments are made. I don't want to, I, you know, special words like that. I don't know, but um, he's definitely going to be a keeper. And well, I'm trying to think of the last guys that I that I knew off the top of my head that went from basically double A to the big leagues. I mean, Aaron. Uh, uh, Longoria, if memory serves, was one of them, right, Ton? That was basically a double-A guy, went right to the major leagues with very little triple-A. There was a few for a while it was the thing, just because they felt that triple-A had a lot of older veterans in there, mm-hmm. and they just they, they just thought it was a better, they, they, whatever, it was kind of like the, the trendy thing at the time, which was kind of silly. Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, actually, well, yeah, I guess you can't, I guess you can't call nine games at triple-A being a triple-A. But then no, it, you it's can't. Less, it's, I don't. I'm, I'm, my memory's not good for like to be able to name guys like that. But I just do know for it was a couple of years ago. It, it's been a few years, but that was sort of a trend for a while. Mm-hmm. Was because of the um, the sort of pitching that they uh, the, the the pitch selections that you'd see between double AA and triple A. There were some squads that felt it was better to go right from double A to the majors because they're not doing it anymore. I think they found out that was kind of silly, but. Um, yeah, and it's also needs of the organizations too, and all that stuff. But we've taken a sojourn. Let's get back over here to yeah. uh, second base. But a good discussion because I'm sure there's a lot of people going. When's the bottom going to drop out of this guy? And I'm telling you, I think that it's going to be more sustained than people realize. So I think as you start to turn the page into the last month here, when you're looking to play more DFS, when you get a lot of fresh money in there for NFL and people playing baseball just for S's and G's who don't know what they're doing, there's going to be opportunity. So be smart. Take these guys smartly. All right, Whit Merrifield, top of the board, 4K, Robinson Cano. Look at Whit Merrifield, my guy, the, the leader in salary tonight. Unbelievable. Jonathan Scope, 36. Uh, Colton Wong, 36. Another guy that's jumped up significantly over the last couple of weeks. Uh, who do you like at the second base board tonight in terms of the upper tier? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know a whole lot about Albers other than he came over from Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota. I think any other Albers came over from um, Atlanta and has uh, pitched well in the minors. But I, I listen. I like scope against anybody right now. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be there. Uh, yeah, Cano and Miley. I don't. I don't hate it, but I don't think I want to go there for four K. Cano's not hitting well enough to do that. Yeah, sure. Merrifield against Chris Smith again. You know, we're talking 
platoon advantage to begin with, but it may it, it probably won't last with Chris Smith on the mound. So I, I can see going there. I'm trying to does uh, Oakland. I don't, actually I don't. Yeah, Maxwell catching. Trying to figure uh, with Merrifield steal potential. He's. I think. The, I think. Although Merrifield had a, had a a GPP game the other night, he's still more of a cash play. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Tonight, I like Jed Lowry at the in the lower spot. If we're going to go through there, I think Lowry's been a guy who's been pretty steady. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have a high ceiling, but I think the floor has been good. I know he's been quiet of late, but Jason Hamill's just the right kind of guy to turn that around. And the other guy that I've been talking about for a while now, and as long as he's in the lineup tonight, uh, you know, I, I understand you look at the overall numbers; they're disappointing on the year, but the second half numbers are much better for Logan Forsythe at twenty nine. And once again, here I am back on the Dodgers. Yep, yep, and uh, I don't mind Ian Kinsler against A.J. Griffin, who uh, he's been equally philanthropic to lefties and righties this year. <laughs> so I don't, I, Kinsler at 33 is kind of in the middle there. And, you know, if you want to get a piece of uh, – you want to get another piece of cores, there's still – Phillips hasn't been shifted to third base yet. He should be soon, but uh, as far as uh, FanDuel eligibility goes. But, you know, Phillips hitting second against Kyle Freeland, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. You go down to this board and you continue to go down there. You see a name like Jason Kipnis, a big name at 24, and I can understand the temptation there, but I'm saying no. I'm saying don't yeah, go down I there. Agree. I think it's a trap. I mean, he's just been so bad for so long, and it's it's a shame because he's got talent, but in terms of making a DFS investment, it's just a bad one. Let's go over to the other end here, shortstop. Right. You got Lindor, top of the board, 39, Corey Seager, 39 as well, and Gene Segura, 38. That's your top grouping here. Of these big three, is there one that you feel better about? Is it Seager? Are we just all Dodgers all the time right yeah. now, Tim? Seager, Segura is a coin flip. Mm-hmm. I, how could, I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't you just start, and the very first thing you do is put Tim Beckham in your lineup, and then you move on? It's, well, it's hard <laughs> to argue at this point. I mean, talk about a guy who got a bounce with a change of scenery, oh, right? Gosh. I mean, the guy's been outstanding, and for thirty-three right now. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying I'm not. I mean, I'm not implying anything when they say this. I'm looking for a cheap laugh, but do they actually wait till he gets to the dugout before he has to give the urine sample after a home run? Now, <laughs> I mean, well, I laughed, so I guess it's a cheap one. I so. mean, it's just. I mean, I look. I said that. You know, we use that joke, and people. Why do you have to say that everybody hits a home run, Zondra? I'm not saying that. I'm making a stupid joke. Uh, but the point being, I mean, this guy is just... You know. Don't try to put Lil Z in a box, all right? Lil yeah, Z is exactly. going to say what Lil Z going to say, <laughs> well, right? That, but, uh, well, it's yeah, perhaps. But um, anyway, no, so I mean, the point being, and, and listen, there's some guys that you just, you know, you, you throw the numbers of the way and you just, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ride streaks, but good Lord, this guy's, uh, you know, making me rethink that just a little bit. He's well, just, and it's hard to make an argument for the guys below that. I mean, even Didi Gregorius at 29, who I usually am all over, well, you, you against... Yeah, against the Grom. That's glorious mention in every podcast. So. We do, but uh, but I mean, y- you continue to go down this grouping too. <laughs> you got Valar. You know, he's you throw him out. Arcia is a nice play that I've used a bunch in the last couple weeks because he's hit better. And there have been moments where, uh, you know, despite where he hits in the order, I think the turnover in the lineup's enough where he's going to get four at bats, and he has on uh, some of those nights that we've targeted him here on the podcast, but. I can't make an argument for the cost savings over Tim Beckham at 33. I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, Crawford's junk. I, I, I don't really see anybody. I uh, had a name. Where to go? Um, I just had a name and it just escaped me. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, mm, Ahmed Rosario is <laughs> cheap enough, but he's big down in the bottom of the order. Sonny Gray. Eh. So I could see making a play for an, in a GPP if you're trying to save money for Rosario. But shortstop's a, a bad position to that anyway. 
So in, in the, even the top of the board's not that expensive. So I'll probably going up there. All right, baseball has been here. So don't get stranded out on first base without a Rotowire subscription and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash Rotowire and get it because football is coming. All right, outfield, Charlie Blackman, top of the board, 5100 Is he priced out, or is he more appealing on a night like tonight where you have an injury to a guy like Harper? Uh, you mentioned multiple lineups before. I guess <laughs> if I'm running – if I'm, I'm not so much running a train. If you're running multiple lineups out there, I may have him in one just because the ownership will be low. Uh, but with only three outfield spots, I think I can find ample players elsewhere. Stanton, 45 against Bumgarner. Is that not enough of a price break for you? That's a again in a multiple lineup. You almost have to because I mean this guy's, you know, Bumgarner's not immune to homers, and you know Stanton's just crunching everybody. You know the old wonder what he could do in a full season. Well, friends, we're finding out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's and it's look. I understand the people who got upset with Stanton because they get frustrated in the season long with him. But this is exactly why you play daily because in a season long league, if you didn't have any shares of him, this is a chance for you to recoup some of those, <laughs> those losses yeah. on your team yeah. and make investments in him in daily fantasy because he has been a beast. He's been everything that we've been promised for all these years. And it wasn't even like, you know, some of the injuries are flukish weird things, you know? And I think right. it took a lot of mental fortitude for him too, after getting hit in the face to really come back to where he is yep. now. I don't yep. think people really talk about that enough. That is a, a tough sell. All yep. right, let's talk about Tommy Pham for a second. 3,800 here against Porcello, a guy who gets hit all over the park. Should we be going a little bit harder on some of these Cardinals tonight, including Pham, because of the hitability factor of Rick Porcello? Yeah, I get Yeah, I mean, but he's, he, he's one too that'll, in the middle of getting knocked around for three outings, throw that seven inning three hit. Not as many as last year. Well, not uh, last year. He didn't throw any of those. But um, yeah, it just it's he scares me because I see him and I'm you know from the Boston area, and I and I see that he you know I hate the word babbipped, but he does give up a lot of I know, cheapies too. Um, he's one of those guys who give up two cheapies, not strike the guy out and give him a three run homer. Is uh you know talk about narrative, but um, yeah, I'm not against the not against the Cardinals. Uh, I think there's a few other guys on the board that I that I prefer a little bit more. It's been sort of weird. I think in the Northeast in general, we haven't gotten those humid, hot days normally in August. The ball hasn't been jumping in New York and in Boston and and in Philly as it has in some other places. This is we had our we had our uh, we had our stretch in July. It's been sort of a it's actually been a little bit cool here lately. It has, thankfully. That's that's. I, I like the more you know tempered weather. It's nice. It's better. Uh, I'll tell you one guy who's been hot has been Odubel Herrera, thirty five hundred. Yep. The price still has not gotten out of control. He's still been very solid. He's going against Lamette. Good lefty righty matchup. Uh, this is a guy that's going to be in a lot of lineups of of mine. I think he still should yep. be in yours. We keep going down to that road. Uh, I want to touch on another guy too. Go back to this Colorado. It's a lefty lefty matchup. But as we talked about. You know, sometimes that's not uh, guys are going to last very long. Newcomb probably not long for this game in Colorado. Is Carlos Gonzalez at thirty-five also an equally good play because people will be off him for the matchup, off him because of the down year? But if you look at the numbers, last couple games especially, he's got a you know a handful of multi-hit games, seeing the ball much better. Is that an investment you make, or still not enough because of the options of outfield? He's not in my number one lineup, but he's he you know if I'm doing multiples, he could be in the picture. Um, yeah, I thought he was in a great spot last night. Didn't really come through. 
but you know, you can't, you know, it's over with, you got to go to the next day. But yeah, you're right. He's seeing the ball a little bit better now. So yeah, but he's probably, he's not in my main lineup. $3,200. I think there's a fade too. If you want to have a Gonzalez lineup and then have a Domingo Santana one too. I don't get why the Domingo Santana salary is so low, but take advantage of it while it is right now, because to me, that is another no brainer. Yeah, hitting a little bit lower in the lineup, but uh, don't mind that one. All the guy that I kind of like tonight is uh, is Justin Upton. Um, a lot of us like to use rolling uh, year numbers, and I don't remember exactly what it is. I looked at it a couple days ago, but it was it was like he had like forty doubles and forty homers over the past rolling year. So uh, you know, sometimes you know we consider him such a streaky hitter. Well, he's had a um, a, you know, he's, he's been pretty much good for the entire season. And of course, his rolling numbers catching his outstanding September from last year. All right, before we put a button on this one, tell me, is there another outfielder that uh, is intriguing to you? Is it Puig? Is it going to finish up our our Los Angeles Dodger podcast here? Yeah. I, did we hit Cruz at the top? I don't remember. We did not hit Cruz at the top. That's the one guy at the top we, we did yeah, kind well, of go against, past. And I can understand why against Wade Miley, where you probably want to fade him. No, Cruz is my guy. <laughs> uh, hashtag sarcasm from Lil <laughs> yeah, Z. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no. Well, I, I mean, guess. Well, here's a, here's a spot there. Let, let's talk about it. Forty six hundred dollar Nelson Cruz against Wade Miley, who you know, well, obviously Wade Miley being Wade Miley, or Stanton against the tougher Bumgarner, but Stanton who has been uh, you know certainly on a on a tear lately. Stanton's my GPP. Cruz can be either, but if I'm if I'm have enough money for a cash game, I'll go with Cruz against Miley. And I don't think you can I don't think you can discount Andrew Benintendi. Uh, Devers is getting all the talk in Boston, but Benintendi's been on a roll as well. Mike Leake, you know, doesn't give up a ton of homers, but you know, you're not always looking for a home run. So uh, I don't I don't mind uh, I, I wouldn't mind Mr. Andrew Benintendi um, either. Well, you know, in all fairness to Cruz too, Cruz has been outstanding also during that phase. I'll tell you what. Just because I'm going to play the law of averages, Stanton has a home run in each of his last five games. Uh, Nelson Cruz, you know, had, uh, was he, four home runs over a three-game stretch, then two games without a home run, then another home run. I think Cruz, statistically speaking, if you want to talk about, you know, the anomalies of baseball, it's going to be hard for six straight games for Stanton to go yard. I think Cruz is your better bet if you're looking <laughs> for the home fallacy. run. Yeah, I, I know. You know, just, just playing the numbers here, playing the law of averages. I well, think the law of averages says that the, 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 the chance of hitting a home run is, you know, based upon his, you know, it doesn't change because he's hit five in a row. I know, but how many times has that happened in Major League Baseball? Nothing's ever happened until it happens the first time. Well, that's fine. You can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which fills up first. You can follow him on Twitter at Lil Z. No, you can follow him at Todd Zola. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For everybody here at RotoWire, have a great night of Daily Fantasy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.